so my name is Julia, um, and it's so awesome to have you guys here. As we can see a few new faces around. This is our, our first holiday weekend, so and there are still people here, so we are winning. <laughs> if you are here and visiting for the first time, then um, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming along, and um, I'd love to uh, meet you and get to know you a little bit after the service this morning. But um, my name is Julia. I'm one of the um, pastors at Life Church, so uh, I am the campus pastor out here at Salwyn, uh, which is very exciting. As Paul mentioned, it's our, it's our one-month birthday today, guys. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, another part of my role is that I uh, look after Red Frogs, uh, which is our university program where we uh, go into Canberra University and Lincoln University as well. We spend a lot of time in the halls, hanging out with the students there, and, um, and a lot of the big party events, all that kind of stuff. Uh, which is super, super fun. Um, we, we really do love it. We're about to kick into garden party and tea party and Eddington races and cup days and all those sorts of things. So it's about to get real busy for us for frogs. But um, it's super exciting. We're seeing God open up some amazing doors within the city as we're um, serving and, and loving. And how cool is it we now get to go to meetings with um, police officers and council staff and, and all these different um, business people around the city and the, the local church is getting a seat at the table and um, getting to have a voice in how we love and care for people in those spaces, which I think is super, super exciting. Um, and I also look, I get to um, look after our relationships with our global teams, which is super exciting. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But yeah, for those of you that are new, that's a little, little spiel about me. Um, so we currently, uh, as a church, are in a second week in a three-week series on knowing God, loving people, changing lives. And this is, this is our, our values as a church. These are the things that we think are really important. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dave kicked us off on knowing God. And um, if you weren't here, I encourage you. We have got an app, which is a little bit cool. Um, and all their messages and stuff are available on there, so you can have a listen throughout the week when you're you know, driving into work or those sorts of things. Um, and then, yeah, Paul's actually, you're preaching next week, hey, Paul? Yeah, so, well, yeah, hopefully he's got a voice. We thought he was just doing real awesome um, Brian Houston impersonation this morning. Um, is going to be speaking uh, next week on Changing Lives, which is really, really exciting. Um, but I would just love if, um, it's going to go up on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles with you, if you want to follow along, I'm just going to read this morning um, from Colossians chapter 1. So this is Paul writing, and he says, Paul, the apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ and Colossae, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and the love that springs from the hope that is stored up in you for you in heaven, that you have already heard about the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day that you heard, heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Ephesus, um, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that this 
And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. An amazing message. You know, Paul is writing to this church in Colossae as they're trying to work out this faith stuff. They learned, they've had this, they've had someone come and share with them about who Jesus is. And they've had this, this radical understanding that, that God has come and dwelt among man. That God has come and lived within his creation. That this Jesus was a man who walked and talked and breathed and taught about the things of God. And that he was crucified and then amazingly he was resurrected from the dead. And in doing that, it proved that everything he said was true because only God could raise man from the dead, right? And so if he was just a madman, if he was just a crazy man, then he would have stayed in a tomb. He would have been buried and that would have been done with it. But they have been impacted by this incredible message that God is for people, that God loves people, that his air, he is not angry, but that the things that are broken within this world grieve his heart and that that was never his plan and his purpose for humanity. And so God set about a path and a plan in order to make it right, in order to reconcile man back to himself because his heart's desire was always always for his creation to know his incredible love and to be able to enjoy this beautiful creation and relationship and partnership with him, right? And so they have heard this message and it has radically changed their world. And they're going, man, how do we, how do we work this stuff out? And so we've got this letter where Paul is writing to them to encourage them and to instruct them and to help them as they try and navigate all of this stuff. And what I love is that it talks about um, the things that he encourages them and the things that this message is going global. It is starting to impact and change the world all over, even at this time. And I love that even now we get to partner with something that is so much bigger than ourselves. We've been here in Samhain for a month, which is super exciting. And God is doing amazing stuff within that. And I, I know even within this room, there are some amazing stories of what God has been doing and, and each of them in your hearts and in your families and, and what God is starting to place within you for this local community. But we also get to partner with some super exciting stuff that is happening on a global level as well. We have a sister church over in Thailand, just north of Bangkok, in the, in the province of Mung Tong, where even this morning they will gather together where there are people that have grown up Thai Buddhists their whole lives are, are learning about the incredible power of Jesus, where they have lived in fear with an awareness of the spiritual world that is around them, but with a burden that they can never appease those spirits, where those things are continuously around them. They are knowing, they are learning about who Jesus is, and they're seeing fear broken off their lives. They're seeing amazing healings happen in the name of Jesus, which is amazing. The church is growing over there, and they've, man, they've got some incredible stories. One of the churches just up north, they've had three people raised from the dead. Like, who the, I don't know of anyone else, but that stuff blows my mind. Like these people where, where they're being told that these spirits are coming and taking their lives and, you know, there's crazy stuff that happens and that's a whole different thing within ourselves. But they're seeing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ come and give life back to that which is is dead. Isn't that amazing? We get to partner with Lauvita. 
We have team that are over um, working in the nation of Laos. Again, another nation just permeated by hopelessness and brokenness. And if you ever get the chance to travel there, you see that, that in so, so many of the people is just this, this, this hopelessness within their lives. Again, so deeply aware of the spiritual world but completely unable to appease those spirits. And so giving so much of themselves and their possessions for something that is never going to love them back and the fear that comes with that. But again, we're able to see the young people coming in, being equipped with professions, with learning skills that are going to give them jobs to be able to provide for their, what's the word? Provide, provide, provide for their families in a way that is just going to radically, has been radically changing their communities. So it's not just a, hey, God, God loves you. That is amazing. There's an incredible message that is setting people free in an amazing, powerful way. But also through that, God can completely change your community, breaking people out of hopelessness and fear. We're able to um, partner with a team working in South Sudan a nation that has completely been ravaged by the brokenness in people's lives, a nation torn apart by civil war, and within that, a team that is able to work to translate the word of God, a message of hope that God is for you, that God is with you, that God can redeem and restore every situation, that there is nothing that is ever so far gone that God cannot work in and through it, that the miraculous power of God is alive and well today, just as it has ever been. And people are, for the first time, being able to read that in a language that they truly understand in a context that makes sense in their world. They're also able to partner with MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, where they're able to be able to fly in medical supplies, um, support teams to be able to help and work within these communities because of the, what God has done within their world and their belief that God can continue to do that in the world of others. And in Mozambique, Mozambique, wow, what has happened within that nation where thousands upon thousands of people are coming to faith and seeing God radically change their worlds and their communities. Families that for generation after generation have been continuously broken down by the hurt and pain within relationships. We are seeing God restore and redeem and place within them an amazing hope to now go to other nations that have been so closed and so hostile to to anything before God is continuing to open doors, which is amazing. And then in Ethiopia, we have Nick and Emily, a doctor and a, a personal trainer who were so compelled by the heart of God to sell their business, to sell their home, to take their little two year old son and to go to a nation to the Lactana people who are the least of the least in Mozambique, where even the Mozambique, uh, sorry, the Ethiopians don't even want to go to them because they're like, why? A people group who believe that they are truly cursed by God. That when Moses took the people out of Egypt, they have a deep belief that they were left behind and that in that moment God cursed them. And so since that time, they have generation after generation believed the the lies that God is against them, that God hates them. But Nick and Emily have so felt the love of God for these people 
that they have packed up their whole lives and have moved to that place and are seeing God bring so much favor upon that, so much relationship and open doors into the community where God is radically shifting and changing people's lives seeing stories of amazing healings that are happening and just blowing people's minds in each of these different nations. Isn't that so amazing? See, church, we get to partner with something that is so much bigger than ourselves. Just like that church, um, as Paul was encouraging the church in Colossae, there is stuff that is going on in this world. God's gospel is moving. This message of hope is permeating the earth where God is calling sons and daughters back. No matter the race, No matter history, no matter what has gone on in their world, there is a message that God is for people, that God is working and restoring, that there is nothing, there is nothing in our world that God cannot redeem. How amazing is that? And just like Paul was encouraging the church in Colossae and inviting them and go, you hear these stories of these things that are happening on a global level. But God also wants to do it within you. God has a message of hope and restoration, and he is inviting you to be part of the story. Here in Selwyn, God is inviting us to be part of the story, to have amazing stories within our church family, within our local community, within this region of how God is alive and well and is calling sons and daughters back to himself. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I want to dare to believe some of some miraculous stories in these places, right? I've seen some amazing stuff happen. I've seen the power of God move. Even a couple of weeks ago um, at our young adults camp, we saw this toilet's not someone being raised from the dead. I, I feel like I'm still working towards faith for that. But we saw someone with a, actually one of our pastors, with a totally busted ankle and like we were men, like how is he even going to drive home from Wainui? Like he couldn't even he couldn't put any pressure on it. And just during prayer, we saw God redeem and restore it, and to where he was like jumping and walking, running, and it was totally, totally fine. Like it was just no way that that could happen. But God was just dimly reminding that He is God, as He is in control. You know, I want to dare to believe for more than just you know sprained ankles being fixed, right? <laughs> I want to see significant stuff broken off people's lives because as I hear more and more stories about the community that God has called us to, you know, broken marriages, broken relationships, the pain that is even within this high school, the things that they are facing on a pastoral level for the young people. You know, I want to dare to believe that there is miraculous stories that God will work and move that will come out of our stories, Right? But how do we do that? We believe that God has called us to love people, that there is this amazing message that is continuing to go across the globe and be passed from generation to generation. But what does it look like as our story within our generation here? And I guess I've got a few kind of thoughts around that this morning, and I I hope that God speaks to you in something of this as an encouragement to you. To, to work out, you know, what is, what is your part within this story? What is God calling you to, to be part of this message? And I think it comes back to going, the Spirit of God. We can't do this in our own strength. I think we are all too aware of our own limitations. Has anyone got impatient this week? <laughs> yeah. Has anyone ticked you off this week? <laughs> 
Is there anyone this week that you're going to work and going, oh, man. <sighs> and with us, God's grace, we can be so aware of our own limitations, right? People push our buttons. <laughs> People tick us off. People are stupid sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure some of you drove behind some of them today on the way here, right? <laughs> but it's not, a, it's not a conviction. It's just a reality that actually within our own limits, within our own efforts, there are limitations to how we can love people, right? And so when God calls us to, to love people and and I love that message, you know, to, that, um, you know, that commandment to love God with all of our minds, with all of our souls, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That's a big ask, right? Like, he hasn't put any exceptions on that. Like, if they're being particularly stupid, if they have just finally pushed it too far, if you go, oh, man, oh, God, do you know them? Like, really? Extends to them too? But God's going, no, no, that's to all people. And he's saying there is the capacity God put within us, created the capacity to love everybody. But if we do that in our own strength, there are limitations upon that. So if we come back to the place of because he has first loved us, it is out of that incredible message of Jesus that something within us can change our capacity to love people. And so what does it mean to actually come before God and to get our lives right so that we're not just doing it in our own strength, but we're doing it out of a place because we have first been loved, because we have had a revelation of the incredible love that God has had for us. And I say that that means surrendering to Jesus, recognizing that he was a man who walked on this earth. He was God who came and dwelled among people, Emmanuel. He was fully God and fully man. He dwelt within his humanity and he taught us about who God was and what his kingdom looks like. It's learning about this man and recognizing that actually what he did and what he taught was a reflection of God. And that when he went to the cross, he truly took upon himself everything that could ever separate us from God. And to spend some time learning about that and going, what does that personally mean for all of us? What are the implications? Why was it such a big deal? Why did it actually matter? What was actually happening in that moment? And the fact that he was resurrected from the dead. What was the significance of that? Who, who was this man? What did he do? Why does this make such a massive difference in our world and our capacity to love other people? And then he asked us to trust him. He asked us to trust who he is, trust what he did in that moment, trust in the kingdom that God was bringing in. And that looks like surrender. It looks like laying down ourselves, the part of us that has limitations in loving people, right? The selfish part, the part that, that, that we know is sin, the part that we know adds to the brokenness within this world, the times when we hurt other people and the times when we hurt ourselves, the times when we hurt God, God's creation, recognizing that we have played, each and every one of us has played a part within that and choosing to turn from that. And to acknowledge and go, God, help me to work this stuff out. 
It's a laying down of things that we were never meant to carry. It's trusting that God wants to fill us with his spirit. So what happened was when after that resurrection is that previous to that, the spirit of God had hovered, right? We see in Genesis at the beginning of the word that the spirit of God hovered over the earth. And then we see throughout history that there has been times when the Holy Spirit has rested upon people. But it was always for a time, and it wasn't on everybody. And then there comes the point after Jesus, where God's Spirit is freely poured out for the first time. And it is accessible to everybody. God can be close to everybody. There is nothing that holds back his spirit. So he had a spirit that hovered, a spirit that rested, and then a spirit that is poured out and now can live within us. A res- the spirit, same spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead can now live within us. But my challenge would be that sometimes we don't have room for that in our lives. Because we're carrying things and allowing things to take up space that God never created us to carry, or things that were never meant to take up space. Part of that is the sin, the stuff that we're doing, the the hurt that we're causing to other people, the things that we're choosing to do. But also sometimes it's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness means we carry a burden and a weight that we were never meant to carry. Forgiveness doesn't mean that it justifies what the person did. It doesn't make it right. And I recognize it's going real quiet in this room right now, right? But let's be honest. There are times when we all hold things and we carry weights against people. And that actually hinders the spirit of God within us. It's it's a weight and it's taking up space that God goes, you were never created to carry this. But instead, if we can trust Jesus enough, if we can trust who God is to release it into his hands and to trust that he knows what has happened. He knows everything about the circumstances. He knows the person. He knows what led to it. He knows you know, our part. He knows everything about it and that God will deal with it in a way that is the appropriate way and releasing that out of our hands and into his hands. We release a weight that we were meant meant to carry. And we also create space within our worlds for the Holy Spirit to come and for God to replace that with peace. And out of that increases our capacity to be able to love and care for people. A revelation of the realness of what God has done within our worlds because we can't do that stuff by ourselves, right? But we can stand there as by God's grace and by God's mercy that we can release these things into his hands and trust him with him and allow him to be able to fill us with something good. And it's trusting that within that, that God will give us a burden for other people. Just like he was calling the church in Colossae to share again just as someone has shared with them. And this good news, this incredible message of hope had radically changed their world. Paul's encouraging them, be a church that shares. Look at the people that are around you. Look at the people that are in your world that God wants to put hope in, 
that God wants to work and move in where the kingdom of God can come into these places like schools and workplaces where something can shift and change, where the brokenness, where the rawness, where the things that hurt in this world can be healed. Because God's going, that spirit, that spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, if you will allow me to work and move in your life, you can carry that into places, that you can work a step into people's lives where you can bring hope, where you can share a message with them that is going to radically change their lives in a way that you can't change it yourself. But if you allow me to work in and through it, then the possibilities are endless, right? That, that is the point where we can love anybody and where we can believe that anything can be redeemed and restored in people's lives. For a long time before I was doing Red Frogs, I was a youth worker in, um, in Rakuten High School. And I mean, Mana, who's here this morning, he's, he's awesome. He's doing an amazing job. He's still, um, still looking after Rakuten and Rakuten Primary, our 24-7 team. But... Yeah, there, there's, we were charged with the high-risk kids, right? <laughs> These were the ones who, they were like, be creative in how you love them. <laughs> and there were times when we were going to school and man, some of the situations just broke your heart. And you go, man, God, there is so much that is wrong with these situations. God, how can I love them? How can I bring your kingdom into these places? And I remember there was one young girl that I was working with. She was actually one of the first young people that I ever worked with. And her story was one of so much brokenness, where people that should have kept her safe, should have looked after her continuously, not. And it hurt her. She had a horrendous story of abuse at the hands of of people who should have taken care of her. And there was just so much brokenness in her life that by 14 she was already uh, an alcoholic and a drug addict. And I remember one night as she... Me and another youth worker had ended up, I kind of don't even know how it happened, but we ended up looking after her and she was in a state of such brokenness that she literally curled up into my lap, sobbing. Her arms were bandaged from her, her wrist down to her elbow from where she had harmed and just, you know, opened up her arms. And, and she just sobbed and sobbed, this most beautiful little girl, and she said, I just want the pain to stop. And in that moment, I was like, I have no ability. I can hug her, I can hold her, but I cannot fix the pain that is so deep within her. I cannot fix the pain of that of the people that have hurt her that she should have been able to trust. I cannot fix those things. And so I just held her, and I trusted that the message that God had placed within me the love that he had poured out within my life, the good news that I had encountered that God can redeem and restore and that he is for people and that he will never, ever, ever give up on people. I trusted in that message. And through many years and through many people, God gave us the opportunity to continuously love her and to share that message. And we saw God do the most amazing work in her life. And now she is a beautiful young woman with an incredible testimony of the power of God 
to work in and through people's lives. You see her in worship, and man, she has a message to share. And I guess my encouragement would be to you that we can love people because of the way that God has loved us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And so when we come to him and lay our lives down before him, acknowledging who he is, releasing our bad decisions, releasing our unforgiveness, and asking him to fill us with his Holy Spirit, with that resurrection power, so that we can be part of the story. We know as a church that God is calling us into a new era, that this isn't just a new season, but a new era of God working and moving, of seeing lives transformed and changed. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I want to be part of that, right? And so I guess this is the team. I invite the team to come back up. But I encourage you this morning, let's take some time and do a soul check. I love these moments where we, we stop where we just let everything else go in our weeks that's been happening in our weeks. And we go, God, where are we at? Where am I at with you, God? Where am I at with you, Jesus? And just reflect on those things and go, is there anything that needs to be laid down? Is there anything that we need to turn from and come back to in order for God to be able to fill us, for his Holy Spirit to work in and through us. And just trust the Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah, love, could you, you want to stand? The team's going to lead us. And I just love this morning, I'm just going to pray. You know, maybe some of you are here this morning and I don't know where everyone's at, but maybe you want to join in this prayer of acknowledging this relationship with Jesus. A prayer of surrendering to Him again, the stuff we've been holding on to that we were never created to carry, and asking that He will fill us. So I encourage you, if you want to join with me, I'm just going to pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that he shows us what the Father is like. Lord, that you are kind. Lord, that your heart is towards all people. Lord, that we can come to you, we can walk with you, and we can learn about you. And Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you will speak to us. Father, anything that we are carrying that is not of you, Lord, that is weighing us down. Father, I pray that you will show it to us. And Lord, show us what the next step is. Show us how to release it. And God, in those places where there has been weight and where there has been burden, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill us with your love. Lord, so that we might have the capacity to be go out and share a message that is real, that has changed our lives. And Lord, not out of our own strength, 
but out of your strength, be able to love others and recognize that they too are a child of God and be able to love them in a way that is reflective of that. But Lord, we know we cannot do that in our own strength. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you will fill us now. Pour out your spirit, Lord Jesus. Oh, pour out your grace. Pour out your mercy. Pour out your forgiveness. 